This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to episode 25 of Narrative Shift. Man, what's up, Terrence? Man, 25 episodes? 25. Here we are, in the middle of the pandemic. Still. Still. Still in a pandemic, uh, and coming out with new podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited about this podcast um, because we're going to tackle an issue today that I think relates to um, all sorts of things, man. And that's labeling and the la- language we use. You know, uh, you know, it, it's my belief that. When we put labels on things, not only do we uh, limit them, uh, but we uh, use language and words to define who or what somebody is, uh, which is very can be very toxic. Would you say? Yeah, and oftentimes the labels we put on people uh, we use to define their worth, and mm. uh, not only their worth, but sometimes their values as well. And I think that's a lot to put on a label. And, man, I don't, I don't know if even labels are even accurate for the most part. That's true. Um, man, it, labels, label, I, I've, I've, I've encountered so many people that have used labels to define uh, people who they deem lesser than them uh, to and, and and basically use those labels to associate worth. I mean, we see this happening all the time um, as it relates to people experiencing homelessness. And one of the reasons why we use that term experiencing homelessness is because it's toxic uh, for an individual to say uh, homeless people, right? Um, and I, I think that we have to change this language uh, because you know, by describing someone as experiencing homelessness rather than simply saying homeless, uh, you are describing something a person is going through rather than defining them by it. And that's with any other thing. Uh, I think sometimes we use a person's experience to define them by it, uh, thus limiting them and, and stripping them of their dignity. Yeah. And specifically when we talk about homelessness, like a home is when it comes down to it, it's just a, a material possession. Right. Uh, it should not define who you are as a person. And, I mean, another thing, like, homelessness, like, is one of those things that is kind of recently created, like, in the past hundred years. Uh, you know, before big cities were around, there weren't really that many homeless people. Yeah. There, there weren't people experiencing homelessness. I mean, we can go back to uh, early as the early 1900s. Uh, there were very few uh, people experiencing homelessness. And if people were actually living in tents, it was post-war. And people would actually stay in tents in encampments uh, closer to railroads because that's uh, pretty much where people got employed. And as years progressed and uh, people weren't able to access uh, housing and deal with some of the issues that they 
uh, were experiencing at that time, it, it created uh, much more people uh, experiencing this plight. You know, for me, John, uh, when you place a label on somebody, you literally strip them of their dignity, their humanity, and even um, their right to access things that other people have access to. Yeah, because when you put a label like homeless on somebody, you're stripping all their other labels or mm-hmm. uh, everything else that may be true of them, and you're boiling it down to this one thing, this one thing they're lacking, which is not the whole picture of who they are. Right. And, you know, like we always say that people are so much more complex and so much bigger than the things that they go through and what they do and don't have, and even, you know, bigger than their their job titles or... Um, their religious affiliations and so on and so on. Like people are more complex and different than that. True. Yeah. I remember one time um, I met this guy named Tyrus and uh, we got a chance to, to share a story and build a relationship with him. And he was experiencing homelessness. And one of the things that he had communicated, uh, which was so touching is this this idea? He says, "I'm Tyrus. You know, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a uncle. You know, I'm a father." He started listing all these things that he was, and then he talked about how when people ride by and lock their doors or look at him in a very criminal way, um, it strips him of all of those other characteristics of himself that he values. Um, and, and when you think about it, uh, the word homeless uh, comes with so many different toxic and negative stereotypes and assumptions and even accusations like if you're uh, experiencing homelessness, uh, that you must be lazy, uh, that you must be a drug addict or that you must be criminal. Um, there are all these negative connotations that are associated with that term. And it's just not that term. Um, people have so many other terms that they define people by, like calling people fat or uh, talking about someone based upon, you know, uh, their affiliations uh, in religion, um, talking about somebody in how they uh, vote, <laughs> you know, or, you know, if they decide to protest. You know, I mean, recently we've heard in the and the news, uh, people who are protesting are considered thugs and terrorists, you know. And all of these labels have different uh, connotations to them and sometimes uh, can be so dehumanizing. Yeah, especially when these labels are based on uh, temporary things. Right. You know, like such as uh, a job position or uh, like with homelessness, uh, you know, a material possession such as a home. Right. Um I mean, things like that change, and it's dehumanizing to boil us down into into little moments of our lives and say that's who you are in you know? in in its in in its uh, entirety. Yeah, yeah. Right. Why, why why do you think people do that though? I think part of it is um, it, it's easy for us to do. So I can look at somebody and say, okay, they're homeless. I know everything I need to know about them. Or at least I know enough to to operate in this space with them. Like I, I know how I treat other people like this. So this is how I'm going to treat this person. And I think we kind of use it to um, streamline our experiences almost. Like 
And so we know like, this is just how I, this is how I am around these people. This is how I treat them. This is what they want, etc. I think it's just really a way that we can keep people at an arm's length and not yeah. have to do the work of going deeper. And I think that can be true with just about any, um, any, uh, label that we put on people. Like, you know, you may, um, put a, a specific political label on somebody and say, okay, that's all I need to know about this person. Like they're a pub Republican or they're a Democrat. So I, like, I know what they believe in and et cetera, et cetera. When in reality, it's probably a lot more complex than the story you have in your mind about them. Yeah. I think, I think that's so true, man. And I also think that is, uh, why we see so much, uh, separation and, and division, man, you know, that distance, when you have these labels on someone, um, it kind of justifies your rationale for not getting to know someone or not holding the conversation or even uh, not. It, it strips you away from the opportunity to to practice and embody empathy, really. It strips you away from your opportunity to practice and embody compassion. All of the things in which uh, we see Jesus doing in the New Testament um, when he engaged with people uh, different from him uh, that weren't Jewish, uh, that weren't, um, you know, visiting synagogues and and, uh, doing some of the things that he was doing. He still had this this way of uh, getting proximate to people, but also embodying this compassion and and, and really loving people where they were. you know, labels are toxic, and I, I believe that we have to use uh, this people-first language. Um, and this people-first language is really defined as language that puts a person before a diagnosis or a problem. Like, you see the individual long before you see them without a home. Mm-hmm. You see the individual long before you um, see them, you know, without transportation or you know, without living in the perfect neighborhood or without all of these uh, societal standards that we tend to place on people, you see that person as someone being worthy and of value and being fashioned in the image of God. And I think sometimes we miss that because we appropriate uh, worth and value based upon people's possessions. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's almost like sometimes we uh, approach people and we disregard the entire story of their lives, both both past and uh, where they're headed in the future, and kind of judge them on the current chapter, right. so to speak. Right. And it's it's almost like Brian Stevenson says, and I may be misquoting, but it's it's he says something to effect where he says, you know, what if you were judged for the worst moment in your life, or something like that, you know. Would you want to be judged for the worst time in your life or put a, play, uh, having a label placed on you for the worst time in your life? Nobody wants that. And the reality is that we're all a part of the human family, and at any given moment, we're all going to experience suffering of some, some sort, whether we caused it on ourselves or not. But who would want to be defined by your worst moment? Yeah, I don't think anybody in the world would want to be defined by that. Yet we oftentimes do define people by their worst moments. Mm. 
and we don't always give that margin of grace either. Um, mm. Sometimes we can leave people in that label, so to speak. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, David says is, is it best, and we're going to play a little bit of uh, his story, but John, you want to intro David? Yeah, so we met David just a couple weeks ago at the time of uh, that this podcast rec- was recorded. Uh, we met him outside of a bank in downtown Atlanta, and we began to speak with him, and we were learning about his story. And, he, you know, he, David is just one of those guys who's just really great, has a good heart. Um, he takes care of the people around him. And as he was telling us a story, he told us, that when he is no longer homeless uh, or experiencing homelessness, he he himself wants to be able to go in and help people like him. Mm. And I think that speaks to like how homelessness is just a a season for some people. Right. Um, it's uh, you know a job loss or. Um, you know, the, the death of a family member or yeah. uh, a struggle with an addiction, like that is what got them there, but that is not where they're staying. And uh, most people are on the way out. Yeah. And I think he just kind of, like his story speaks to that, that he is just here for a moment, but when he's out, he's going to help people where he was. And it shows that the he has label, a good heart, yeah, too. he has a good heart. But not only that, but the labels that people might want to put on him probably aren't true, and would limit them from even seeing that 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 beautiful heart that he has. Right? Yeah, 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 and seeing who he wants to become as well. Right. But yeah, let's give his story a listen, and then we can come back and talk. Uh, my name is David, and I'm 59 years old, and I'm homeless at this time. And to where I got to be homeless is that I was living with a person that was working and they disabled one day just left. So that put me to the streets of Atlanta. So I've been trying for the last year or two, you know, to get myself together. So all I'm just needing is a little help to get myself to that point. Just a small push. I mean, clothing, hygiene stuff. And if I can get any type of financial help, I can go forward with my life. Because I have a daughter that's in Jacksonville, Florida. She's like 22 years old, and I talk to her. And, and it really touches me. She asked me, was I coming to see her? I say, hopefully soon I can. If it's God's will or the people of the city see that they, that they can help me, then that would be greatly helpful to me. And that's my story in a nutshell. That's straight and forward. And my goals are to get back to a productive life as I was before this type of life I'm in right now to where I can go back to work to where I can selfishly help myself and mostly at one point to help someone else get to where get to where I will be at to where that I was homeless and they're homeless now and maybe I'm not gonna be homeless anymore I can help them to get in, get out of that same but of life show them how I did it I know I can do it, they can do it. And with that push to help me, I can push to help someone else. And that is my goal in life. Not just to help myself, to help someone else. 
as someone has helped me. That's that's all I can say. That's that's just in my heart, and I have to follow my heart. That's it. Man, that was a a, a powerful uh, story, and we so appreciate David uh, for giving us an opportunity to even uh, share his story. And, and, and I mean, just so that people can hear his voice, you know, oftentimes people say that we are giving a voice to the voiceless. And I, you know, I used to plan and, and use that the phrase, phraseology, but now I don't even use it anymore because the reality is that everybody has a voice and everybody, um, you know, has something to say. Everybody has a story. Uh, the, the question is, you know, are there are there voices that are being silenced and are there voices that are really being heard? You know, one of the things that really jumped out to me about David is that you could just immediately see that he has a, a heart of gold. Yeah. And I think just listening to his story, like imagine how many things we wouldn't know about him if we just threw that label of homeless and moved on. Like, you wouldn't know that he's a father right. or that uh, he's a good friend, too. Right. Um, he's a community servant? He is. He's He's got a servant's heart. Yeah. Uh, there's there's these things that would be erased with that label. Right. And it, not only erased, but, like, you know, people would miss the opportunity to just meet a great person. Yeah. Just all around. Um I think labels too kind of like give people a narrow view of someone's whole story, right? Like if I'm riding down the street and, you know, I break down in my car, you wouldn't ride by and, you know, kind of define my whole life by being broken down on the side of the road, would you? You know, right. it's just like a. a t- <laughs> he wouldn't say that that guy's just broken down. He, yeah, he's His just. His life a, is broken yeah, down. Yeah, he's, he's a broken down. <laughs> Uh, vagabond yeah, on the he's side a, of the road. On the side of the road. Look Some at carless, him. Uh, carless. Yeah. You know, immobile vagabond, right? Right. Yeah. Because that would be ridiculous to do that because everybody who passes you knows it is a temporary situation. Right. And not only that, there's a, you know, if everybody viewed me as that, right, who would offer a hand? Right. You know, last week um, we were talking about uh, being stuck on the road that, you know, the reality is sometimes you need to call for help. And if you're viewed in that that way, there's this perspective that, you know, I don't want to help. I don't want to, you know, uh, give somebody a push or a boost when, you know, what if my battery was dead? I can't even jump my car off without somebody connecting their cables to mine. Right. You know, and somebody might say, "Oh, well, he got himself in that in that situation, right?" Or uh, you know, like they might wonder, like, "Hey, why did he get in this situation? Like, what poor judgment did he use that put him on the side of the road?" Right. And uh, people could use all this label to come up with all these stories that may not be true, but they use them to distance themselves. Right. At the end of the day. Which is very toxic. Yes. Um, 
you know, another thing that I love about David is that you kind of hear this this honesty and this depth of character in him. I mean, being in uh, this experience himself, but still wanting to offer himself and serve other people in this experience is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And yeah. even how he says, like, he wants to go back and help people like him. Yeah. That's powerful. It is uh, powerful. To be I mean, he still situation. has hope. Yeah. Not only hope, but, like, drive to, to help others and to right. be in that situation that he's in and see people around him who are also in that situation and think, I want to help them or I want to help myself so I can in turn help them. Man, that's a powerful statement. Yeah. That not many people, even like no matter what your economic status is, like not many people go around with that mentality. Right. Because not only do we place labels on others, we place labels on ourselves. Yes. Yes, we do. Which is a bigger problem because if I have a fancier fancier label than you, I'm not going to associate with you is what we kind of posture ourselves to believe in society. Or if if I live in this suburb and attend this church or hang around these group of people and I have these labels, why would I, you know, you know, come close to you? Right. Right. We, we tend to, to isolate ourselves around people who people in communities with similar labels that, to, to our own. Right. But the thing about labels is it has nothing to do with the contents that's on the inside. Uh-oh. Man, I'm sitting here and I have a water bottle and it's a you know, popular brand water bottle. Uh, the label is legible and yet the label has nothing to do with the contents on the inside of the bottle. And I think sometimes we conflate uh, what's on the inside with uh, the fancy packaging on the outside. And, you know, there are so many people right now that have all of the bells and whistles, but they have poor character. Uh, yeah. They don't have integrity. And the contents on the inside does not reflect, uh, you know, what they have on the outside. And then there are some who may have packaging that on the exterior you you go, they don't have a bunch of material possessions. But guess what? They still have heart, similar to David, or they still have, you know, drive and hope and all these wonderful attributes uh, that people tend to look over because of what's on the outside. Right. Like me specifically, I think I'd rather spend time with David just based on his character than I would, yeah. you know, half the CEOs or politicians in this world. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, I know David is a good guy, yeah. and he cares about people. Yeah. But how often can we say that about people in power? Yeah. That's good, man. You know, even just uh, thinking about that, you know, I totally agree. Um, you know, I was I, there's a well-known quote that has circulated around social media, and it, it says that, you know, I was raised with... Uh, the heart to treat the CEO the same way as I would treat the janitor. And, um, you know, 
I know it's a, a very limited quote, but I think what it was co- trying to communicate is that uh, at the end of the day, we need to see everybody um, through the same lens of being worthy and deserving of, of love and respect. And I think one of the things that we should, you know, talk about in closing is how does someone start to deconstruct some of the labels that they've had or biases that they've had towards anyone else? Yeah. And I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but if you could like share a little bit about how you started to drop labels specifically the one of homeless, like I'm sure when you got into this work, yeah. you probably use that label yourself as most people do. Yep. Um, what was the process behind you realizing that that is not the best way to, to interact and describe someone? Yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, had a mentor, uh, uh, that was in this work for 40 plus years. She gave a, her life to this. Uh, she was leading a, a pretty popular shelter um, in a metropolitan city. And I just so happened to visit. Um, and she was having a meeting with the community members there, people experiencing homelessness. And she was giving a talk. And she used this phrase. And I remember going, huh, that was intentional. Like, I wonder why she said people experiencing homelessness versus homeless people. And after the talk, I called her over and I asked her about this phrase specifically. Instead of explaining uh, to me, uh, you know, why she had that language change, she called a community member over and she started talking and she says something to effect, um, you know, where are you in life? And automatically this brother just responded. He started talking about his future and how he's going to overcome. And, you know, I'm not defined by this experience. And he kept on saying that. And then it clicked that a person shouldn't be defined by a temporary experience that they're going through. And it, it just shifted my perspective. Um, because at a time, you know, I experienced homelessness and I would just say that about myself and what I wasn't really realizing is that I was limiting myself and I was limiting other people uh, with that type of language and, and phraseology. And you always want to speak to someone's future rather than speak to where they are, uh, because that's the same thing that God has done for us. God sees the value in who, who we can become. That's why he sacrificed and gave the gift, right? Uh, versus, you know, where he thought we would be always. And, you know, I just had that, that shift in mentality and I wanted to uh, be sure that I represented God's love in a way that I'm always speaking to someone's uh, future rather than where they are, are currently. Well, that's a powerful story. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of a quote I think we've shared a couple times on this podcast, but I do love it a lot. And it goes, uh, people become the conversations they hear around them. Mm. And I think it goes to say that people also can get stuck and become the labels that they're given. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, people tend to internalize labels and it takes a lot of work for people to overcome the stigmas and stereotypes that people have placed, you know, on them. 
I mean, even as an African-American uh, black man living in this country, you know, I'm constantly fighting negative stereotypes and, and labels and myths and all of that stuff uh, with the way that I carry myself, conduct myself, but also with uh, having to constantly pour in education and validate who I am and my existence based upon you know, research and all those things. Every time I see a negative image on the TV, it takes me back a little. And I have to, you know, seek out more, you know, positive affirmations just to combat those ne- negative stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah, labels can can be damaging yeah. and can be toxic. And people are more complex than the labels we give them yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, in closing, man, you know, I, w- I would just like to to just echo what you just said. Um, instead of labeling, try loving. Uh, instead of, you know, bias, uh, try, you know, putting that thought down and really getting the chance to know somebody uh, for who, for what they're worth. You know, um, you know, biases take us back backwards uh labels limit our ability to go in depth or in or get involved and and build relationships it destroys bridges right right that we could be building uh and in the the well-known quote you know if if you have uh more than you need instead of building uh higher fences uh, build a longer table Hmm. yeah that's good yeah yeah and you know, as we say, we're all made in the image of God. Yep. And I think that's the only label we should really define people by is that's good. Uh, beloved and worthy of dignity and respect and uh, love despite circumstances. Yeah, that's good. Well, if you've listened uh, this far, man, we just want to say thank you and you want to do the social media shout outs? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on social media. Uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Johnny Taylor 95. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R 95. And Terrence, where can we find you at? Yeah, I'll, I'll shout my socials out. But man, just want to say, John, thank you for uh, taking time to edit these. Uh, all the podcast that you guys have uh, been listening to have been you know produced by uh john and uh you know edited and they they sound amazing man so thank (laughs) Thank you you. yeah Yeah, thank you it's a a labor of love as they would say but go ahead and uh yeah shout yourself out yeah (laughs) let me do that so um if you want to follow me or look up my work you could go to i'm terrence lester that's i-m-t-e-r-e-n-c-e L-E-S-T-E-R That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter And if you want to follow our organization uh, That's at Love Beyond Walls Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter Um, If you want to look us up online That's lovebeyondwalls.org And we uh, started a museum Last year that has been Kind of put on pause because of the pandemic But we're hoping to open it back up really soon and it's called dignity museum so you can also uh, check out those social handles as well Alrighty, thank you for listening we'll see y'all next time